Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by the International Loyalty Awards, which celebrate the world's most innovative and effective loyalty ideas from all six continents. Why not celebrate your success in loyalty by being shortlisted or even winning a prestigious International Loyalty Award in 2022? The closing date for entries is the 14th of February. So visit the internationalloyaltyawards.com for more information and make sure you enter. Hello and welcome to episode 185 of Let's Talk Loyalty. I'm joined today by Brian Almeida, who's the founder of a charity loyalty platform called Points for Good. Now, Brian's loyalty career goes back over 30 years to when he supported the launch of the British Airways Executive Club in South Asia, as well as other programs, including Jet Privilege, the Taj Inner Circle, and the Barbie Fan Club. Brian is also internationally known as a judge for the International Loyalty Awards and the founder of a strategic loyalty consulting firm called Strategic Caravan, based in India. But as I said, we're here today to talk about the Points for Good platform. So I hope you enjoy listening to the show as much as I enjoyed chatting with Brian. So, Brian Almeida, first and foremost, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, love, love your show and all that you're doing in the loyalty industry. And just so happy to share Points for Good's journey with you. Wonderful, Brian. It's actually long overdue, so I should probably apologize. It's taken me some time <laughs> to schedule the conversation. And you've been so good to us here. I know we've had Malaraj, your colleague on the show already from Strategic Caravan. Um, so yeah, it's wonderful to finally have you in person talking with us today. As I say, better late than never. But uh, I, I, I think your show is, uh, you know, doing so much good for the loyalty industry and telling people and sharing pe- with people all the experiences of different programs and different experts that you've got on the show. I think it's, it's a wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. So listen, um, first of all, just just let listeners know where you are based, because I think, you know, we do try and have very much a global perspective, as you know, with them, with both the audience and the guests. So first of all, share with us, where are you uh, joining us today? So I'm based out of Mumbai in India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. uh, we, we cover the Indian market, the Middle East market, Southeast Asia market out of India. Yeah. Uh, but we've done, we've done plenty of global uh, projects. And some of the journey that we will talk about going forward is about going global. Oh, interesting. Exciting. Okay. So before we talk about the big story, then Brian, tell your listeners, um, tell our listeners, what is your favorite loyalty program? So, so I have a couple of them uh, from a just a credit card transaction programs. I like the HDFC Infinia program in India. 
okay uh, just for for its flexibility its ubiquity and you know the mm. wide range of uh, services you can earn and redeem your points at mm-hmm. uh, i love the american express rewards program as well okay uh, and from the other side i like uh, the airline program which is the emirates skywards program oh. uh Sadly, that has replaced Jet Privilege uh, after Jet Airways closed up. Oh, so okay. the Emirates Skywards program is is my favorite program just now. Okay. Yeah. So I know you have an extensive career, Brian. I think uh, 30 years I saw mentioned working in loyalty. Uh, as we said before we came on air, I think our paths probably first maybe crossed when you were supporting the launch of the British Airways Executive Club in South Asia. And it was around the same time I was working with British Airways on the leisure side here in Dubai. Uh, But definitely a lifelong lover of loyalty. I can hear coming through in all of your work. And I think we first officially crossed paths with the International Loyalty Awards, which I just want to quickly mention before we talk about Points for Good, because we literally are, as we talk um, today, I suppose the closing date is coming up February 14th. So there's about two days from when the show is going out for people to get their entries in. So tell us about your role as a judge with the International Loyalty Awards. Oh, the the International Loyalty Awards is, uh, you know, one of my most exciting experiences. And that time of year is extremely good for me uh, because I get to learn so much from all the new entries and what's new in the space. Yeah. But more importantly, I think I think it's a great benchmark for loyalty programs to, to benchmark themselves when they enter the awards. Yes. You know, because yes. you're benchmark, literally benchmarking yourself amongst the best. Yeah. And I've seen the entries, they're really high quality. Every year it keeps getting better. Wonderful. So it, it's, it, it's a wonderful experience. Okay, great. So two days countdown, as we said, get the entries in, keep Brian and his colleagues busy on the judging side. And um, yes, and we'll all be getting together then in London in June as well, won't we? Absolutely. Look forward to that. You know, okay. finally, after two years of being, uh, you know, uh, in, <laughs> yes. quarant- in isolation and at work from home, I think look forward to meeting people in person. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we're here to talk about your wonderful program, Brian, called Points for Good, Um, a really interesting and meaningful platform uh, that's been operating in the Indian market, I know, until now for about four years. And I suppose it does um, say a lot. I suppose the name is wonderful. I think you originally were called Points for People and rebranded to Points for Good. So maybe tell us, where did the um, idea come for this overall platform, Brian, first and foremost? You know, it's it's actually an intersection of my experience and uh, my personal life, uh, you know, uh, the professional and personal experiences. With the loyalty industry, I felt that loyalty programs were facing a challenge of engaging with their members yeah. uh, from a non, non-transactional point of view. Right. So if, if you and, and if you look at the AI world today, you know, you can almost automate that. Hey, Carl, uh, Paula, we haven't seen you for a couple of months. Why don't you come back? And, you know, we yeah. noticed you bought this and why wouldn't you buy that? And it's very, very transactional. Yeah. But beyond that, brands and programs are struggling to engage with customers beyond the transaction. 
mm. right? And I felt a uh, year was a great way to get members to start looking at a social purpose, which is becoming bigger and bigger as we go along yeah. and getting brands to, to identify with the purpose that they would like their members and customers to align with or be part mm. participative. Yeah. From the personal point of view, you know, uh, I always felt that, uh, particularly coming from India, uh, very often people have their religious, uh, uh, you know, institution that they can do charity with. Mm-hmm. But in a secular mode or professional mode, they, they didn't have too, ma- too many options where they could donate in a retail form. Okay. Right? You know, donate a thousand rupees or donate 500 rupees to a cause and mm. a purpose that they that they would be assured that, you know, is, is going to the right end use. Okay. So I thought these these two were big drivers for me to motivate to that motivated me to start points for good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was then points for people, but uh, I thought it filled the need. It filled the need for the programs. It filled the, it uh, filled the need for the end members, yeah. and of course, it also filled the need for charities, which I later discovered. Of course, uh, we, you know, uh, for instance, charities struggle to to raise funds on a regular basis of from course. a retail. Yeah. And the on, and the only solution to that is to get a wide number of retail donors mm. to their causes. Mm. Because because otherwise it's a treadmill that the charities are running on. You know, they, they get a corporate to donate at instance for a yeah. high net worth individual. Yeah. And then every year they, they're chasing that same, you know, uh, to look for new donors. Yeah. Whereas if you create a nice big basket of retail donors, then yeah. the flow is constant. You can plan better. So, yeah. so it feels, you know, it's a win-win-win for programs. Yeah. It's a win for individual members and it's mm-hmm. a win for the charities. Totally, Brian. Yes. And actually, I was talking with the charity as well recently, and we did have that conversation that, you know, that whole sector seems to have, you know, not had the opportunity to innovate And as you said, Brian, it's extremely time consuming and labor intensive to be fundraising nonstop. And actually, the purpose of the fundraising is to do the good. So if we can support the fundraising side, they can focus on what they're supposed to be doing. So so absolutely uh, critical. And I've seen some headlines as well. I know certainly through the pandemic, a lot of charity donations, you know, have just collapsed. So they're they're really, I think, in quite desperate times. Um, so if ever there was a time where, you know, a platform like Points for Good was needed, um, it definitely seems like now is the time. So tell us some of the experience and how it works, Brian, I guess. You know, as a starting point, um, you're obviously going out and meeting with loyalty programs to present them the opportunity to, um, you know, to, to have access to, to being these beneficiaries, you know, either themselves as a company, but obviously more importantly for their loyalty program members. So, so how does it work for them? You know, um, you know, and what's the revenue model behind it, Brian? You know, once you've established, you know, somebody has a big, you know, membership base, for example, I think I saw a figure that in India, you have about 150 million members across all of your partners that can donate to your various charities. So tell us how it works for the, the partner side, maybe first of all. 
Yeah. So, so you know, in the in the in these four years, actually, what we've been focusing on is just to get the infrastructure and what I call the piping together. Okay. So we've been uh, active on enrolling just about as many programs and uh, credit card programs. Uh, on the employee side, we've got more than a thousand corporates that are part of the program and can wow. donate from the employee rewards. And uh, so we, we've done a lot of that work. Uh, and on and then on the charity side, we focused on filling the uh, different needs. So, you know, we looked at the UN Sustainable Development Goals yeah. and we tried to fill the fill those needs, right? Okay. Uh, and, and, and we got in charities that are doing wonderful, wonderful work. I mean, uh, when, when you hear their stories of how we, we are changing lives, that is, that is, you know, it brings tears to your eyes. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so that that's the focus on uh, the plumbing. And uh, we said if we can enable all the members and the individuals to just choose the cause that they're passionate about. Mm. Now, it could be educate a girl child in a village, Mm -hmm. It could be providing uh, clean drinking water to a village. Yeah. It can be providing health and sanitation benefits. Yeah. It can be uh, helping cancer awareness. Yeah. Uh, we, we even have, you know, we did two wonderful projects, which we is the saying we have a project which trains uh, tribal girls in field hockey. Oh, wonderful! In, in a village, mm. yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it it, it is it is about developing uh, the girl child and making them more confident to come out because not everything is about you know academics and studies. So, but we're just creating for different kind of people. We, yeah, we create uh, different kinds of solutions. Yeah, and then the the programs uh, and we've got great response from all the program partners. They look at the suite of uh, offerings that we have, and and it makes sense to them because then all they have to do is connect with us, and their members can then donate to the choice that they feel most passionate about. Okay, so it's the individual member at the time of yeah. donation who chooses which yeah. of the, um, the, the the projects, as you said, is meaningful to them. And they decide, yes, yes. I want to donate my 1,000 Skywards miles or, or whatever currency to this one charity. So, yeah, they, they get to choose. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so obviously the charity then is one of the rewards options. So, um, you know, any of these big platforms, of course, have plenty of ways that the individuals um, can, you know, enjoy that, you know, moment of truth that we often talk about. Um, and as you said, sometimes it is, you know, um, a flight I might be saving for. Um, and the, the charity option is, is a wonderful alternative. So how is it working, I suppose, for the partners? Because um, sometimes I feel like it's it's hard to know whether, you know, the members are going to um, are actually going to donate or if they're going to say, I'd love to donate, but I need my flight. So so what's the actual reality when it's put in front of these members? So probably a tough question for you, but I think it's important. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, because of my experience in loyalty, when you look at the member distribution curve there are there are people who have so many points that they don't really need the points to redeem it for some item 
that they want true. in their life, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 you know, and I've seen it with even with frequent flyers. Uh, you know, you're on a flight three times a week, and the last thing you want to do is redeem <laughs> your miles for for a fourth for flight, right? Okay. Yeah, for another. Yeah. So, so that seg that segment is most happy, and in fact, this across the board, the satisfaction level is the highest when they donate it to charity. Wow. With, you know, just the feel, feeling that they have that, you know, they've, they've helped improve someone's life. Perfect. On the other side, on the other side of the curve, you have members who have so few points that they can't get anything meaningful out of it, right? Yeah. And they say, you know, the, the year again, the most meaningful thing is to help someone else and, you know, donate it to a good cause. Yeah. And, and that's again a win, right? Yeah. And then in and then in the middle of the curve, you have the whole majority of the member base who are earning points and they do have the aspiration to do their little free ticket to Madrid or Barcelona or Rome or whatever else. But they also feel, hey, you know what? I can just put a portion of it and help someone else. Of you know? course. So, yeah. so, so, so it, it, it goes across the spectrum in different ways. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't have data, which we are building to, but we have informal surveys, which we have done with members. And I can yeah. guarantee you, yeah. it is the most satisfying reward feeling. I can imagine. It's not, it's, it's not a holiday. It's just the fact that you've helped someone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a higher purpose, a higher good. And again, I think all of our values have changed. Yeah through the pandemic and we want to be more generous and we want opportunities to do that. So I think that the key opportunity yeah. that you're providing obviously is that seamless and um, effortless way to donate. Um, and I think the point yes. for all of those segments as well, Brian, which is I suppose perhaps the most obvious one when maybe points are expiring, you know, so if there's, you know, genuinely no opportunity for me to use them at all, even if I might want to, then of course I want them to go somewhere rather than nowhere. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Lovely. Wow. So four years of experience in India. How many charities are you supporting? You've mentioned, was it a thousand partners in terms of the programs? And how many charities are you supporting then in, in the Indian market? So, so uh, we, we are partnered with 14 charities. Okay. Uh, just to get get the statistics, and we we have uh, at any given point in time upwards of thirty five projects that, within the charities. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, from from the program point of view, we have we have more than twenty plus bank programs, credit card programs. Wow. <laughs> we 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 have a thousand corporates plus. Yes. Yeah. My goodness. And and that that that's where you know we actually touch about 150 million members who, who we've enabled them to donate. Yeah. Uh, the, the the bigger challenge is to get them to look at the rewards catalog in the charity section and say I yes. can donate my points for a cause. Wonderful. So they're incredible statistics, Brian. And as you know, I always used to start my show asking people their favorite statistics. So I'm guessing 150 members, sorry, 150 million members of loyalty programs in India, particularly those credit card members. That's an extraordinary bank of points that you're connecting. So I'm pretty sure knowing, you know, the amount of time, as you said, it takes to get the plumbing in place and to get the momentum going, it feels like actually now, you know, it's really when you're ready for takeoff. And I suppose that leads us to your next big step, which is you're planning to launch in Europe. 
So tell us all about Points for Good in Europe. Yes. So so when I launched Points for Good, uh, you know, my vision was uh, if we could raise a billion dollars globally to do good. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, so we started with India. It's obviously, as all startup ideas are, it takes longer than what you planned for. (laughs) But uh, always. uh, Yeah. So so we are now ready to actually launch Points for Good in Europe. Wow. And uh, that's that that's our second market which we will enter uh in 22. Okay. And hopefully South Africa soon. Wonderful. So we, we have interest in South Africa as well. Okay. Uh, the the whole intent is, you know, it's a platform for doing good. Mm. And it's a platform to channelize just to give you some statistics which is dated but it will give you the scale of the the potential. Yeah. Uh they, they say in the U.S. there's about $700 billion worth of points lying in accounts. Oh, my members. goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, in the UK, Yeah. In the U.K., that's about £7 billion worth. Yeah. In India, they're issuing annually upwards of 10 billion Indian rupees worth of points every year. Oh, my God. I'll have to work out the conversion for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you just get one percent of that is all I ask for members to do. Yeah. Right. Is uh, we'll be I think we'll be able to shift the needle on many, many projects and initiatives. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're here in February, Brian. Um, so still quite early in 2022. I know you've lined up a number of charities in Europe already. Um, interesting to know if you're yeah. still looking for new charities, because I know we do have some charities listening. And of course, the main purpose is to, you know, um, encourage loyalty program managers who are listening and explain to them the opportunity to get involved with you. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, our, our key markets will be uh, Switzerland to start with, Germany and France. Uh, that's the market that we will start operating okay. with. And and I think the momentum comes in when we start to sign loyalty program uh, onto the platform. Sure. Because that starts that starts the you know the fund flow for the charities right of course and that that creates the momentum so yes if there are loyalty program uh, managers and owners in listening to this i would love to connect with you okay okay and that's across all sectors so whether they're hospitality loyalty programs whether they're telcos whether they're anything if they've got i suppose you know a liability on the balance sheet and that's looking for for a good purpose or another good purpose because what i'm guessing brian is you know a lot of people you know do have maybe some charity initiatives in place and uh, but this is something they can add in as another way i suppose to allow their members to to do- donate yeah so so absolutely you know many of the programs do have uh, charities on their uh, reward catalog but what points for good does is uh, it's designed like a platform so it allows you and the member to pick and choose your projects like i said you know yeah. i told you earlier yeah. so so it it transfers the choice into the hands of the member yeah for who they want to donate or what project they want to donate to. Yeah. And, and that is that is much more empowering. Uh, of course, we allow brands, if, if a brand wants to adopt, let's say, uh, you know, mm. uh, 
cleaning the ocean or making sure that they're not polluting the ocean as a cause, then one can look at that as well. Yeah. And say, this are we stand for that because we understand that sometimes brand like to adopt a purpose and a, a cause that they want to support yeah and 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 align their their members to that so that yeah. that's a possibility that we do allow for okay yeah and you've reminded me absolutely brian because i've done some work in the energy sector back in ireland so again i know that anytime we talked about charity it had to be something that was you know from a theme um, from a brand perspective it had to be connected in some way to you know uh, power you know so positive um association of power um so i definitely think whether it's environment which i know you've you know an environmental proposition and charity on your India program. I'm sure you'll be adding an environmental proposition in for Europe as well. So I do think, you know, as you said, it's a platform. Having myself negotiated lots of these type of partnerships in the past, it's extremely time consuming for every loyalty program manager to go out and build the relationships, you know, um, with all of the different charities, evaluate them and choose them. So I do think you're providing a great service actually to simplifying that and allowing, as you said, to plug it in, to basically say, I absolutely want to do something for good. I don't necessarily want to have to negotiate all of that myself. So I think there's a scale benefit that you're bringing to the industry. That is that is super nice. Absolutely. And 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 the other bit is, you know, uh, we, we don't define what the conversion rate is for the points. We allow the loyalty program to define that. So okay. if you want to do 100, 100 points is equal to $1 or 100 points is equal to $10, that's totally up to the program. Uh, and, and all I can say is that uh, I, I've seen end members, uh, you know, don't really necessarily look at that equation as long as they're feeling good that they're helping a cause yes. and a project that they're passionate about. You know, it's it's the item in the rewards catalog where they don't really do the mental maths on the <laughs> You're conversion right. rate. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I Absolutely. think that's where the, they they trust the program, I guess, to make sure that it is a right. you know a good use of their their funds and their currency. So absolutely, there's there's a trust element there. And you reminded me, Brian. Sorry, I did want to understand the the business model. So so what is your revenue model like? How does it make sense for you? So, yeah, great question, Paula. Uh, you know, uh, our business model, and we're, we're pretty transparent about this. Uh, currently, we, we earn from the side of the donations we raise, so mm-hmm. from the charities. So we, we, of course, transfer all of the money to the charities, and we just charge them a fee on, on the amounts that we raise. And it's variable. And it's our commitment to the charities that we will become the lowest cost fundraising uh, source of income for you uh, over time. Okay. And we, we, we've already priced it, uh, although we're not making, you know, meeting our costs, Yeah. but uh, we, we've already at the lowest end of the spectrum in terms of what fees we charge. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So that'll obviously pique the interest of everyone in the charity sector who's listening. Brian, are you um, a- a- allowing, you know, charities to um, to send through, you know, their own interest in becoming parts for good in Europe? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so we, we're already, I think we've got uh, six charities that have agreed to come onto the platform. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're open to more charities coming on board. Okay. Super nice. Super nice. 
So it's it's a wonderful proposition. Um, I guess, you know, as we've talked about already, we're all feeling very well-intentioned. We're all feeling that our values are shifting. We talk endlessly about the need for emotional loyalty. You've already made the point, of course, that we know how to do transactional loyalty for 40 years now. So, so there's no uh, gaps really in that space. But Definitely this emotional side is one that I feel like that there's massive opportunity. You've already got the proven experience, four years of, of building this platform. Excited to hear Europe is next and then tell us about, you've mentioned South Africa. What about other big markets like the US, for example, or Australia? There's a huge listenership in both of those countries. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't I don't. Uh, I don't think it was strategy that decided the selection of the geographies. It was uh, just simply put, and I'll be very candid about it, is where the interest came from. Ah, so, you know, nice. if, if, we, if we had someone who was interested in taking the platform in those countries and building it out, uh, we're just happy to start sharing, uh, you know, all of our IT and branding and stuff like that. Uh, with, yeah. with very minimal charges. So, okay. You know, so, uh, yeah. So, so we're, uh, we're happy to talk, have conversations across the Middle East, uh, the US markets, and uh, any Australia, as you say. Yes, yes. So, anyone who's feeling entrepreneurial and might want to move into a new business, there's another partnership opportunity Absolutely. there. <laughs> Absolutely. Great, great. Well, listen, it's a wonderful story, Brian. Um, as I said, you know, I'm always looking for anything that uh, helps us solve the problem of emotional loyalty because it is a big um, focus and intention for every all well-intentioned loyalty managers who are listening to this show. Um, I suppose the final kind of business question from my side you know, really it just is, you know, we've seen this model, you know, tried by, again, other very, you know, well-intentioned people with great ideas, and it hasn't yet managed to be successful, for example, in the UK. I'd love to know what are your views on, on what's going to make points for good successful, where it hasn't worked always in, in previous attempts, perhaps, um, in the industry in the past? Yes, uh, super question, Paula. I, you know, I think... Uh... And as we grow, we realize what the challenges are in, in the business. A, you know, loyalty program members are not necessarily happy when they see a flood of points go out of their balance sheet, right? And uh, from the liability that they're holding and they can't encash it. Uh, but, but here's where the proof comes in. As you know, in loyalty, when members redeem, they actually tend to become more loyal with the, with the brand. Right. And yeah. here's a very, very significant cause. So that's a concept sell with programs to say, yeah, uh, I'm, I, I'm almost uh, on the verge of putting out a bet to any program manager that uh, you, you allow your members to redeem it and donate your points and you will see your business go up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so so that, that that's that's the first problem. The yeah. second uh, challenge is about. And therefore, with that is communication and uh, with the members. Yeah. The second challenge is uh, it takes a while to gather momentum. Of course. You know, like I told you, you know, we thought we would be on the road much faster, but yeah. it's taken us four years, right? Totally. Uh, the simple reason is that you 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 don't just put up a platform and have people flooding to donate. Yeah. Right. So you've got you've got to build the momentum. Yeah. And in that that period, you've just got to be frugal about your 
expenses. Mm. And, and you, you can't be spending big money on, on investments on branding and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we, we've done precious little in, in marketing costs. All we've done, like I said, is we've done the plumbing, we've gone on the catalogs and we started to get donations, which mm-hmm. means there is an inherent need that we are solving for, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the investments in marketing has to match the scale up. And, and if you can match, otherwise marketing costs, as you all know, is a black hole. There's never enough, right? Totally. So I think that, I think being a new concept or relatively new concept, uh, you've got to be cautious about how you scale up and make sure that you, yeah. you don't lose focus on, on, on your balance sheet or your PNL mm. and overspend. Yeah. So I, I mean, the other place where we actually controlled it was the technology investments, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, a lot of work can be done in technology to make it completely seamless and, you know, uh, frictionless. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the pro- programs are not necessarily ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, you could be sitting on huge investments on technology and then realizing that it it just ne- doesn't necessarily translate to yeah. roller. Yeah. So, so you've just got to manage your spends to the business and the donations that's coming in. Okay. And, and yeah, I mean, from our point of view, we just used uh, our consulting revenue to, to incubate this platform. Wow. So, and I think yeah. it also perhaps makes sense as much as we want to support every charity that exists out there. Um, I think the fact that you've been quite selective, um, I think you said 12 charities in, in India, probably means that there is greater value. Um, so I guess they're supporting you guys as well. And your donations are you know, more significant, I guess, to, to, to fewer partners. So as you said, you can build over time, but better to start small, get, as you said, the, the trickle and, and let it build up into um you know a flow of um of the revenue in the right direction absolutely yeah yeah wonderful absolutely yeah yeah well as you said you have to control the marketing costs so uh hopefully we're doing a good pr job for you here from uh from our side and let's talk loyalty um, as I said, I've been an admirer of your work, you know, on the consulting side with Strategic Caravan already for many years. So uh, more than happy to support this um, latest project for you. So I guess that's all the questions, Brian, from my side. Um, any closing points uh, before we wrap up? Thank you so much, Paula, for doing this, because, you know, like I said, we really appreciate the exposure and uh, the awareness that you're building for us as well and, and the loyalty industry. Uh, it, it is a big help. Uh, and, and I really appreciate you doing this with us. Uh, yeah, I think I think that that's about it. And, uh, you know, I just hope that uh, more programs will come on board and they will want to partner and help uh, social good. Of course. And anyone listening, of course, can reach out to me at my usual email address, which is just Paula at Let's Talk Loyalty dot com. And Brian, maybe you can share where's the best place for people to contact you if they are interested in exploring a partnership with Points for Good. Uh, the easiest way is to just look look me up on LinkedIn, Brian Almeida, and you'll get me. Or my email ID is bealmeida at strategiccaravan.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can just write to info at pointsforgood.org. Okay. And I'll make sure to link to you as well, Brian, of course, your LinkedIn and your website on sure, the show notes. 
So we'll make sure. And again, I can direct anyone to you. So with all of that said, it's a very inspiring conversation. It's a very exciting time. I am really happy to support the Points for Good program and delighted to join you as well. We'll be meeting up, as we said, at the International Loyalty Awards in June after you've done all of your um, amazing judging work. So on that note, I will say Brian Almeida, founder of Points for Good. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. Cheers. And look forward to meeting you. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.